every individual has a specific place and role that God has ordained for that person to play in life. Hallelujah. Every one of all, we are not just called into this body, this body of Christ. We're called into the body of Christ, but with specific roles. But you see, if for you to fulfill these specific roles, there are specific things that are going to be happening in and to you. And by implication, we must come to the place of finishing or fullness in that which God has for us. But for each of us to come to that level, there is a specific measure of time frame, if I may use it. That God instructs us on certain things that pertain to our lives. And as we listen to the instruction that God begins to give to us, we move from one level to another level until we get to the place of the finish. Now, I want to be using Jesus. Like the Bible tells us here, we should consider Christ himself who is the apostle and high priest of our calling or profession. Profession means what we are calling to do. To do. Now, there is no experience we ever have in life that Christ did not go through. The key to your understanding how you ought to walk in life is to consider Jesus. Every experience that Jesus passed through was for your sake, not for his sake. He did what he did to demonstrate to us how to live. And so the Bible calls him the firstborn among many brethren. He partook of everything that you are partaking in so that you can know how to live as a spirit being. Hallelujah. Understand something. Thank you, Lord. Maybe with time we discuss that, but I think there's a big difference between being a spiritual person and being a spirit being. Huh? Spirituality is completely different from being a spirit being. Because even the herbalist is a spiritual being. It's a spiritual person. Spiritual person means somebody who can see some things that you don't see in the realm of spirit. So it's not tied to a Christian. Come on now. But a spirit being is a man who walks in the heavenly dimension of God. So there's a big difference between being a spiritual person and a spirit being. Now we are spirit being, not just spiritual people. Come on, are you hearing this? Because the herbalist, the occultic person, is a spiritual person. Christians are not just spiritual persons. They are spirit beings. Living in an earthly dimension. Amen. I just got that. And it's good for you and for me. Now, let's look at the life of Jesus. I want to show you three levels. Now, God will personally communicate to you. Uh, God is not a talkative person. How many of you understand that? It's not just, it doesn't feel like talking. It doesn't feel like calling your name all the time. It has a reason when it calls you or wants to talk to you. It's not just a talkative person. So, when we look at the scriptures, we find that God was always talking about Jesus, talking to Jesus. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. Now, is it because people didn't believe what he said the first time? Or Jesus was doubting what he said the first time? Why would God keep on repeating all this while, like we're going to see in the scriptures, this is my beloved son. What was wrong? Now, I will show you something. Matthew chapter 3. Let's begin to read from verse number 13. Matthew 3. Hallelujah. 
Matthew 3. You got your Bible? Come on, turn together. Matthew 3. Alright. Are you there? Verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill our righteousness. Then he suffered him. Suffered him doesn't mean punish him, he allowed him. Eh? Come on now. <laughs> he allowed him. This is suffered him, doesn't mean punish him. Okay. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lightning upon him. The heavens were opened unto him. It means you come to certain experience in your life where you see things. Hallelujah. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I will please. Hear ye him. Hmm? The heavens were open and he heard. It seems to me that before now, this kind of experience have never taken place. It seems to me before now, there's the dimension of walking was walking in, but the heavens were still sealed. Hallelujah. So what is that supposed to mean? The first level of your walk with God, as you come again to become what you call born again, is honestly to have the heavens open unto you. And there's a reason for that. What is happening here is this. John was stepping down and Jesus was stepping up into the prophetic dimension of his work. Now you can begin to hear by implication the first thing you hear that God causes you to receive is a prophetic level of hearing him and knowing why he called you and who you are. Are you listening to me? That's the first level. Can you still help me a little bit with this something? Looks dry, it's not heavy, I can't. Are you following what I'm saying now? There's a first every child of God, the very first day that you are born again, the first experience you ought to come into is the heaven opening that you begin to do what? Hear God. At this level, because you can hear God, you are becoming a prophet of yourself. What does that mean? God will begin to show you who you are, what you are supposed to be doing. I mean, everything about your life, he tells you. At this level. He's moving you into a realm. Now, the heaven open means when you were first in the world, you weren't hearing God. Because Jesus was already born. How many years old? He was already there. I don't know if he was hearing God or not. But the Bible tells us here, the heaven opened and he heard. So you could have been living, but you don't hear God. But the day you were born again, what happened? You begin to hear God. You come into the place of a prophetic level. The office of the prophet is not what I mean now. But a prophetic level where you begin to hear God for yourself. Now God will begin to tell you what you are supposed to do. This is where your refate to follow him comes from. Are you there with me? This is where, in fact, when you belong to a certain system, you can't be moved because you've heard God before you went there. This is where the kind of message you preach and what you stand for is not just what man gives to you, but God is going to give that to you. Because this is the re and the very beginning of the commission of your life. The heaven opened Jesus' head. 
Hallelujah. Are you, are you still there with me? Here John was stepping out and Jesus was coming in and I believe right from this moment Jesus was probably commissioned and everybody could understand that God had really called this man into the ministry. And Jesus also knew exactly what he was called to do and what he was supposed to be doing from this moment. He knew. God had to speak to you somewhere along the line. And I believe if we truly do what we are supposed to be doing, in fact, if we must come to the place of actually dipping people in the river, I will subscribe to bringing this to play that when somebody comes out of that water, he has to have a definite experience with God. It's not just a matter of you getting soaked with some uniforms and coming out. No way. Because a new life entirely will be opened up unto you. Your work from that moment changes, takes a different level, a different dimension. Like the song we used to sing in those days that sang and I come across it when people were singing in the SU. I wasn't an SU member, but I got to know. And uh, I sung that song some, quite some time as well. And about three days ago in my prayer section, the Lord brought it to me again. The things I used to do, I'll do them no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. The place I used to go, I go them no more. There is a great change since I'm born again. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The very moment you hear this voice, something happened in your life. You know what Jesus said in chapter 5 of the book of John? He said, now shall the dead hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall do what? Shall live. What are the dead? Those who are dead in sin and trespasses. The day you get into this experience, God is bringing you to a place of prophetic dimension in your life. That will begin to see something uniquely for yourself. Not just what people tell you. It's an experience you need to have. And the truth is, you ought to have had it by now. Hallelujah. Do you know some things about your life? Do you think you have an idea at all? Just a few things about your life? This is when God begins to teach you and to make known to you your life and commission. The reality of your new birth will begin to dawn on you. You begin to see why and the reasons why you were born again. Why are you a Christian? It's not when people are talking to you. It's when God begins to communicate his mind to you. Why are you born again? Why did I call you? Why are you part of me? That's what it means. Some of you never have, never have argument or debate before you know the Lord, maybe. <laughs> but some of us did. We argued severally. Even like Moses said, oh, I can't go, you know, I'm a stammerer. <laughs> I got to keep on giving reasons why you have to do what he's doing. That is why no man can shift Moses. No man can shift you. When you get into this level of understanding of the prophetic level of your calling, it's unique. You must know something that men cannot know about you. And let me tell you something. When you know who you are, about who God said you are, what man thinks about you becomes irrelevant. Are you there with me? You can't be shifted. You can't be tossed to and fro. You can't be moved because you've experienced a prophetic work of the Lord in your life when he spoke to you. Very important. Don't raise children without a hearing from God. Are you still there with me? Very important. Don't raise people in your home, in your family. Bring them to the place where they have that personal communication. They have their own personal spirit. 
and the spirit must be linked up to God. You remember that? It's quite important. Bring them to the place where their communication will be done with the Father. Very important and very crucial. Hallelujah. A lot of people go into ministry. The other day somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I know I have a calling. I said, to do what? I want to know calling as to what? Even if I have to bring you to the fivefold ministry, tell me where you belong. God only just call people. When he calls you, he will tell you who you are. Hallelujah. He will tell you precisely what he wants you to do. He don't just call people. Because the truth is, if he doesn't call you and specifically tell you what to do and where to be, no man is going to listen to you. No man is going to listen to you. Hallelujah. Okay. I want to take your time. Let's get on to number two. Number two level. Matthew 17. Matthew 17 verse number one. Christ. An apostle of our profession of our calling. Shows us the way. So in Matthew 13. I mean. Like we read that chapter 1, God spoke to him, this my beloved son, that's a prophetic level. And that will come to Matthew 17, verse number 1, to verse number 4. I think that will be okay for us. Or 5. Okay, now the Bible says, And that six days Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, he appeared unto him, Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he has spake, behold, a broad cloud of a shadow of them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, What? This is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. Do what? Hear, hear him. He said that in Matthew chapter 1. I mean, chapter 3, at the time of baptism, and here again, a matter of transfiguration, he said the same thing. The question is, was Jesus doubting what he said in Matthew chapter, chapter number 3? Why is God repeating himself? Is he trying to convince people who didn't believe Jesus? Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Amen. Now let me say something about Peter here. I was, I, was, I was sharing this. Somebody asked me the same question when I was in Lagos. I told them, you may prophesy about the future, but you don't have a right to structure it. Amen? You see, Peter saw what was going to be at the end of the age. At the fullness of time, when the full glory of sonship is manifested, but Peter wanted it right in his age. It's not practically I mean, possible because God will not do things out of season. The Bible said when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the beloved son. God will not do things out of season. He does things in season. In fact, in due season. When it is the fullness of time. So Peter said, let's have tabernacles here. What Peter was trying to say, I want to get into immortality right now. And God said, no. There is still an age ahead of time. You can structure, but you can prophesy about the future. Can you say amen to that? You might be privileged to receive a thing now, 
Because God will always have a witness in every generation. So you could be privileged to be a one to demonstrate, but you can't structure it for the entire community because God does not do things out of season. It's not a confused person. You remember that? Okay now. So, why the second voice? And how does it relate to you? Now the second voice that came to Jesus was ordain him or bring him to the office of a priest. Every voice you hear takes you to another level. The first voice was prophetic. The second voice was that of a priest. By implication, say, hey Israel, listen to this man. He is my prophet. Now when he said, he said, hey, you better hear this. He is my priest. The voice was the voice of commission. Are you still there? Hallelujah. Now what happened to you when you walk with God? I received the second voice. Something is going to come into your life. And I'm going to give you an example from the book of Hebrews chapter number 5. You can be turning there. When this voice comes to you. You begin to have the sense and the need to bless humanity. Some of you are so hardened. Some of you don't even see beyond your local churches. Some of you, even ministers, they don't have the perspective of a global church. The reason because this voice has not come into them. They are still locked up with, I am born again syndrome. But the office of the priesthood, they know nothing about. Here in this office, your sense of judgment will begin to alter. Becoming more passionate and compassionate as a priest does. This is where true compassion begins to flow into your life. Because God is raising you as a high priest. And so even if you don't hear a literal voice, you discover that in your walk in the Lord, a time comes in your life and in a season, you begin to be so compassionate towards people. The, the anointing, permit me to use the word, the anointing of the priest will begin to rest on you. Making you to have compassion on people who are suffering. Compassion on people who are messed up. Compassion on people who are molested. You begin to see with a different eyes. The people you don't seem to love, you begin to love them. You are functioning as a priest. Now let me give you an example like as a Hebrews 5. Look at what I'm trying to say. For every high priest, taken from among men, is ordained. Help me. For every high priest, taken from among men, is ordained for many things pertaining to God, and that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Verse 2. Who, have, who can have what? Compassion. Or what? On the ignorant, on them that are out of the way. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmities. And by reason he ought as for the people, so also by himself to offer for sins. Are you there? So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but is that said unto him. Come on, can you get this now? Thou art my son, today have I thou what? Begotten thee. Can you get that? As he said in another place, that art a priest forever after what? The order of Melchizedek. Can you get that? 
Christ did not. So what is he saying? When the Bible says, Christ did not assume the office of the priest. But ordained of God, even when the word came, thou art what? My beloved son. Did you get it now? So when this voice, which is the second voice of our work in the Lord comes to you, you become a compassionate priest. Even for those in ignorance, those who are out of the way, your life side changes. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Your life life changes. That's where you really want to help humanity. This is where you see as he sees because that spirit in him which is that of a priest begin to rest on you. It's not that which is actually controlling you. I want you to assess your life. You've been born again for this while. How do you see humanity? How do you see things happening around you? How do you see people when they are oppressed, when they are beaten? How do you see them? I mean when things are happening around them, people the way you, how do you see them? When you watch television, how do you see them? Hallelujah. We're talking of priests all over. People come about shall we are the priests of Mekizerek. Do we have the spirit of a priest? Do we have compassion? Is it flowing in our lives? Let me tell you something. You can't really function as a king and a priest until you become a priest. God won't allow you to be a king until first you become what? A priest. Let's understand. We know people say we are priests and kings, but they need to create a balance and make an understanding. God is not going to allow you to be a king until you first become what? A priest. Because he doesn't want you to kill people. He doesn't. See, if God makes you a king without you first going through being a priest, you will rule a priest. But once you become a priest and then you become a king, you will rule with the spirit of compassion. You will know the infirmities of your people. You will know the weakness of your people. You will know what they have and what they don't have. You won't oppress them. You won't fleece them. Why? Because the spirit of, I mean the anointing if you will, of the, of, of, of the priest have first rested on you before you become what? A one in authority. You won't abuse your authority. So you see, you can have authority without having the priestly anointing. And what happens? You oppress people, you beat people on the head. I mean, you speak to people like Master was speaking this morning. Your words are not seasoned. <laughs> the Bible said the words that were coming out of the mouth of Jesus, the Bible said they were gracious, said gracious words. Because it was a priest. And the Bible looked at Jerusalem. If I want to look at the people, the Bible said he weeps over them. Because he was a priest. Not just because the world was going to come on Jerusalem, but because the spirit of a priest was upon him. He never made himself a priest, but the voice came and said, you're going to be a priest. And when that voice comes, another thing entered into his life. There is a transformation. Listen to me. If you were so hardened when in the world, you became a Christian, all this while you're still who you are, you haven't received this voice. You haven't had it yet. You haven't had it. You are not yet a priest because you haven't had the voice. It means you have not even moved from the first level. You may have come to the place and said, God told me this, God told me this, God said this way you're going to be. There is nothing wrong with that. God can tell you all of that. But the question is, have you come to the second level of hearing him say this, my beloved son, making you what? A priest. With compassionate spirit for humanity, for the downtrodden, for those who are suffering. I mean, even as a minister, you minister to people, what do you minister? What do you share? 
How do you deliver words when they come to you? If God gives you a word, I wish everybody can come to the place of having the same spirit that Nathan was flowing with. Nathan came to David, who have done all this rubbish, all this criminal thing, murderer and all of that adultery. And he said, come on, in this city there was a man that, you know, just painted a picture of one man just took in a visitor and then took a little lamb. David said, what, what do you mean? In this city? Hey, that man must die. And Nathan said, but that other one, man. And David said, I'm sorry. Pray for me. <laughs> that was a priest. Do you understand that? That was a priest. In fact, the, oh, come on. Do you know, by reason of that word, David was a defied. What is edification? Growing into God. Growing into God means dropping behind those things which were not supposed to be part of God. Growing into God means becoming part of Him. Now, for Him to, He repented, He regretted. Not because somebody beat him on the head. But somebody speak a word. Brought a word that is gracious. And there's an impartation. Listen to me. Transformation is not how you shout. It is the spirit you communicate. <laughs> I remember Tayo was saying that when we were in Lagos. He said he doesn't know how to shout like us. <laughs> but just listen to him. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's not by shouting. Understand that. It's not when you beat people all the time with what, and maybe you call yourself a minister, and you all this. No, no, no. That doesn't produce edification. You have to function as a high priest. Knowing that the people are ignorant, they're out of their way, they don't know what is the Bible said, they are out of the way. In other words, they are not in the line of truth. Glory to God. Do you have compassion on those around you? How do you treat your family? How do you see people in creation? Do you have an eye for other nations? Talk to me. Do you think Christianity ends with you? They call you to yourself? No, you made a mistake. He called you to send you out to your people. Amen. Moses was brought out and was brought in again. Remember that? And what did God tell Paul? Taking you out and sending you in back to them. God doesn't take you out and lock you up. He takes you out to prepare you, send you back to your people. Sometimes God calls you for your people. Why? Because they will hear you better. They will listen to you better sometimes. Somebody said, but they will not believe because of familiarity. Sure, it definitely can happen. But that will not annoy the commission. Did God send Jesus to his people? Did he not know that they will not listen to him? He doesn't annul the fact. Because in the true sense, you know better their culture, ethnics, or ethnos, ethnicity, teach all nations, or ethnic group. The language communication is very vital for you to teach the things and the principle of God. So you will understand the language sometimes, you are a better place to be there. God is not a confused man. But the question is, do you have compassion? Have you had a voice? How do you treat people around you? How do you behave? Do you rejoice in their suffering? Do you rejoice in their coming down? How do you feel when you hear something happening to someone? How do you feel? Think about it. Your responding, your spirit tells you that you've never had this voice or you've had it. How compassionate are you? Are you thinking about someone at all or what you can do to help? 
Second voice is the voice of the high priest. Hallelujah. Let's get down to the third voice. Don't need to take your time. Glory to God. Third voice. <laughs> Hebrews 1. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm reading from verse number 5. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And out of the angels he said, who maketh the angel spirit and his minister the flame of fire. But unto the Son is said, Thy throne of God is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness, a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness, thy hated iniquity, therefore God, even thy God, had anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Hallelujah. Are you there? The Lord has anointed thee above thy fellow. Now you read that you begin to see the same thing. When he said, this is my beloved son, he will what? And where please. So what is the third voice for? It's for kingship. So hear this. You receive the first voice, a prophetic dimension. The second voice, that of a priest. The third voice is what? It's for kingship. Now when you begin to hear this voice, this is where you are actually coming to the place of total dominion. Hallelujah. You are becoming a man with authority. This is when men speak and things happen, not when they cry for things to happen. Because the Bible said the works of the king is with power. This is when devil stands before you and they bow. See, the scripture says... It's abomination for the righteous to bow before evil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the Bible like it says, in the book of Proverbs, it says, evil will bow before good. Did you hear what I'm talking about? In other words, you come to a place, it is not you pursuing evil, but evil begins to bow before you. This is the third dimension of authority that we must come into as believers. Not chasing devils, but devil recognizing us. You know the level. Paul I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? Can you see that the devil themselves equated Paul with, with Jesus Christ? He placed them on the same level. What he's trying to say. I can obey Jesus. And I can obey Paul. But I can't obey you sons of Sceva. You are not pursuing devils. But devils are bowing before you. Because the works of the king is a work of authority. The Bible says the king will sit on his throne and with his eyes he will despise evil. Here Jesus coming and the devil's coming unto him and say, Hey man, have you come to destroy us when it is not your time? That's the level of kingship that you must come into. You see, we must come to the place where we like Adam can name the creations. You know what that means? <laughs> When the devil are trying to terrorize you, you give them another name. Hmm? Because for whatever name that Adam calls the creatures, that is the name the bear. Who knows if the goat was like the tiger before? 
And I can simply say from today, you have to be a goat. And all you need to answer, anybody calls you, just say, man. And that's all. And the goat will not do beyond that. Because that is what the limitation that Adam plays on it. Come on, I'm not talking to somebody here. Don't be a Christian and lose that which is your inheritance. Walk to the place where you hear his voice. At this level, you can speak to your business and your business can respond because he wants to hear him. He spoke to all things, to all men, to all creation. He didn't speak to just some people, Jewish people. He was speaking to creation. Your business can respond. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are life and spirit. You are by implication you're impacting life, you are creating life, you're ruling with authority. Who is the authority of Christ? Why? Because you love righteousness. That's the key thing. The key to coming to this dimension is what? Righteousness. You say you love righteousness above thy fellow. Therefore, the Lord God, even thy God, has anointed thee above thy fellow when he said, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's not by age, it's not by size. But it's a walk in the spirit. You come to a place where you just speak and it is done. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, if some of you don't know, some of you don't know the dimension of kingship, as it were. You know, I often say this, I don't think God really intend to call himself a king. But kings were so powerful in the days of the Israelites. And that is why they say we want a king like other nations. And God said, well, if you have to have a king, I have to become the king of kings and the lord of lords. Amen? Come on, are you there with me? Because before the times of, of Saul, who was supposed to be the first king of Israel, God was ruling them through the prophets. Remember that? It was a theocratic system, not a monarchy. God was operating theocratic government until people say we want to be like. And they brought in monarchy. But God is not a monarch. But if you want to understand how powerful kings are, maybe you watch some Yoruba films and then you see what it means. Am I talking to somebody? You see what it means. The order of the king must be obeyed. In fact, you have no mouth if the king gives his order. When you watch some of this, we learn what we are talking about and translate them into spirit. Because that's exactly what God did. You want a king? I will show you what it means like. See people bind down, lying down, healing this man. That's what we're talking about. Anything he says, even in the city. He wants a wife, you can't resist. Whether you're a father or you're a grandfather. The king has spoken. Am I talking to someone here? You have to come to the place where your words become authority. Not just your prayers alone. Your words. Bible says, as you have spoken unto my ear, not as you have prayed, as you have spoken, not as you have shouted, as you have spoken, not as you have cried, as you have spoken unto my ear, so shall I do. They have spoken. That's the word of authority. That's the word with kingship. That's the third dimension of your life that you must come into. That even on the road you can make pronouncement on your walking. Come on, am I talking to someone here? You can speak to Jesus said, Don't you know? If I wanted, I can speak and God can bring legions. I will pray, I cry. I will speak, I will command. That's the word. You, you have right to ask angelic ministries to go before you if you're on a journey. Because you are ministering spirit before you. 
In other words, they are the people that stand at the courtyard of the king. Come on, I'm talking to someone here. You know the traditional king where they sit on the throne, somebody will find them. You got some angels finding you, but you don't know. You have to walk into that place. And you can send a message anytime. That's what the Bible says. Say, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto the elves of salvation? Which we are. But you must walk into that place. And the Bible says, because you love righteousness above your fellow. Why is he loving righteousness? Because he's also a high priest. Amen. That is what God wants for you. Don't stay at the level of the prophetic. I know who I am. It's not enough. Having know who you are, you must come to become a blessing to creation. That is your priestly office. Come on, am I talking here? You must be a blessing to creation. You must begin to see beyond your little confine. You must begin to see beyond your personality and what belongs to you. There is something ahead. There are people that God needs to assist and it is you that is going to use to assist them. Becoming a high priest. And because as you function as a high priest, authority will be delivered into your hands. Set of righteousness. The rod of authority, that's what it stands for. It doesn't mean you have to carry any rod like our brothers who carry some big sticks on the road and things like that. He's not really talking about that. But there's nothing wrong because that will also help them. To believe who they are. <laughs> if they carry the long stick on the road, you understand that the big shepherd stuff and maybe you can teach them, well, I'm a shepherd and uh, I have authority and this is my authority. He could teach them, maybe he could help your faith. Some of, some of you need something to help your faith. That's how people can pack sand and pack all manner of things, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe. But you just need to know it. That when you have the scepter of righteousness, authority is in your hands. All you need to do is to do what? Speak a word. And it is done. We must come to that level. Amen? So that even if you are praying, you are not praying like you don't know who you are. You talk and then let things be done. It's not a reputation. If it is a casting out of the devil, go out and let it be so. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let the world carry power. That is the word of a king. And it's not meant for some people. I'm just telling you about your three levels of work. Three commissioning dimensions. When you begin to hear God and say. God has brought me to this level. Hallelujah. Are you still catching this? So please. Get moving. Is that okay? What did I say? Get moving. Don't get stuck in being a prophetic dimension. Don't even get stuck in just being a high priest. You must come to the place of kingship, which is the place of dominion, place of authority. Have authority on all things, finances, whatever. We've got to come to that place. That's that's the dimension. You understand that? Authority over finance. Not finance controlling us, but we're controlling finance. We don't have to have money on our head, become stupid. Are you getting what I'm saying now? We speak to money. Money have to obey us and do what we want money to do. That's authority over money. Using money to further the things of the king of the kingdom. This kingship. Ruling in all realms. Hallelujah. Now you can understand what Jesus was saying. You know, once in a while they go buy food. Buy food. What happened? They were even given to the poor. Is that okay? Now you can understand why the Bible says when, when, when that Mary Magdalene poured the, the, the oil on Jesus and said this will have been sold and given to the poor. That means one of the major ministers of Jesus was ministering to poor people out of the poor. That was the high priest. 
Hallelujah. And so God is bringing you to that level. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. What you are hearing today will translate you to another level. If you are the prophetic, you are moving to the priesthood. And God will give you everything that it takes for you to function as a priest. Then from the priesthood, you must come to the place of dominion. You must arise as a king. This is resurrection power. Come on, I'm not talking to someone here. Because they have to hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. Life is coming unto you. Authority is coming back to you. Everything you lost in Adam, God wants you to regain. Even double. Because, come on now. Remember Job lost? He got it all double. Everything you lost in Adam, God wants to replenish. That's why it is hundredfold. No, 34, not 60, 100 fold. And the hour is now. Your 34 is the prophetic level. Your 64 is the compassionate level. But your 104 is the dominion level. You have to speak with authority. Situations are rough. What do you do? You speak to the situation. Don't cry. Speak. And this must come by reason of recognition. Hallelujah. 